Welcome, everybody, to this Xbox Life episode 411, Making Podcasts Great Again. I am one of your hosts, Brun BJSwick33, and along with me is Rob, also known as Pisar. Hey, what's up, everybody? And uh, I support that uh, show title. And uh, <laughs> Mark, also known as Wingman709. Greetings, everybody. So... How are you guys this this fine Sunday evening? Doing um, great. <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit of a protest coming on. All right. <laughs> but, uh, Call uh, of Duty isn't that bad. I mean, I know it's getting horrible reviews and it's junk, but you no need to protest it, Rob. Call of Duty is not my video game. Oh. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was actually really good. <laughs> uh, so uh, we are live every Sunday, uh, you know, between 10, 1030 Eastern. Um, uh, we go live on twitch.tv slash this Xbox life. And then uh, we rob bundles all that greatness in audio format only and uh, pushes it out to the uh, iTunes world and everywhere else. Google, you know, play.google and your favorite podcasting software. So, <laughs> and typically that is on uh, Mondays. So. so, regardless of wherever you're listening to us, we appreciate it. Thanks for uh, stopping by. So, hey, speaking, do you guys, we got a lot of, we've grown from our Facebook group has went from the 400s to the 500s and it went there like quick over the last two, three weeks. And we've had some people get a hold of us and saying, eh, I've listened for a while, but I've never really messaged you. And some people, I think we, we may even talk about something later on and and uh, <clears throat> from one of our emails, but pretty interesting stories. And if you're new, you know, just hearing us now, I know we're in episode 411. Uh, hey, welcome. You know, you don't have to go back and listen to everything. You can join us, have fun. We are, we do this for fun. It's not our jobs. And, and uh but appreciate you coming out and giving us a listen giving us a listen so but each week we start out the show with what we've been playing and uh who wants to go first rob why don't you go first okay <laughs> thanks for volunteering yes you guys didn't speak up it's like when a person doesn't sit in front of the class I got to pick the person sitting in the back, and that's you, Rob. <laughs> but I was hanging my head low. I wasn't making eye contact. You're not supposed to pick me. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, so uh, this past week uh, has been extremely busy, but I still found a little bit of time to play. Uh, got Dishonored on Thursday. Um, playing, or Dishonored 2. So playing Dishonored 2 really reminded me of all of the stuff that uh, I just loved about the regular Dishonored game or the definitive edition, which is, I think, the one that I played. And it was really strange. I forgot so much about this game. And as I was playing it, I was like, oh, yeah, he can, you know, the character can do this. Oh, yeah, you know, got special powers. Oh, yeah, there's a crossbow. Oh, it was, it was just so interesting to just, um, you know, get back into the groove of playing that game. It's just a fantastic game. Uh, this one, if you played the first one, you play as uh, Corvo, is the guy's name. And this is now 15 years later. Uh, his 
daughter is now um, Empress, and he is the protector, the chief protector, I forget what they call him. And uh, a little bit of an interesting twist is I remember from the trailers and such that you used to play, that you would play as his daughter. But surprisingly, right in the beginning, it gives you a choice. Do you want to play as Corvo or do you want to play as uh, his daughter, the Empress? And then uh, at that point, I think the game just switches storylines slightly. And the last game that I played that did this was um, Wolfenstein. The, not the Old Blood, but the one, New Dawn, I think is the name of it. The New Blood? So, <laughs> the New Blood? Old blood, whatever. Yeah, anyway. I don't know what it's called. I'm just, so the, yeah, it's there was not the old blood. Them. It's got to be the new blood. <laughs> it was not the more recent one, but the one that came out like a year prior, maybe two years ago. So uh, that was very cool. But I had to play as Corvo just to continue, um, you know, from uh, where we left off before. And I'm really enjoying the game. It's uh, uh, very difficult in spots. Uh, the Load times for when you die are a little bit annoying, uh, especially if you're just dying a lot. You can't get past a certain section. However, the beauty of the Dishonored game is that every obstacle that you have usually has multiple ways around it. So, for example, there's these um, uh, these like light towers that shoot like this electricity and only certain people can walk through there. Well, you can either disable that uh, using, like, a, uh, you know, by shutting off power to it, either from a windmill or wherever it gets its power from, or you might be able to find a way around it, or you might be able to do a side mission, which then grants you, like, a different way around it. Or, in some cases, you can take over a rat and go through, like, these little sewer things. So... The, even if you get stuck in a particular area, then uh, you know there there are other ways to get around that area that's really got you hung up. So uh, the game's pretty darn good. Uh, definitely enjoying it, and uh, definitely recommend it if you like the first one. This one is fantastic. And then uh, another game that I played just a little bit of it. Um, it has the opportunity, I guess, to kind of almost uh, derail me off of Dishonored, almost, but not quite. And that's a game called uh, SteamWorld Heist. It's a PC game. And uh, it's just a game that I kind of tried on a whim. But uh, it's actually a lot of fun. It's uh, like a, a side-scrolling uh, strategic game, kind of. Reminds me a little bit of like a side-scrolling version of XCOM, kind of, sort of. Maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but... Uh, you're controlling these robots as you're trying to attack other ships. You're kind of like little, you're kind of like robot pirates, and you're attacking other ships. So you control one robot at a time, and then the robots take turns as they like, you know, try to shoot uh, the bad guys and such. Uh, a very enjoyable game. Liked it a lot. It's it's been out for a couple months now. I think it came out early summer, so it's not a brand new game, but uh, it's definitely worth a try if you're and you want to play a, a PC game. So uh, that's about it for me. Next, who's up? Mark. Me? Yep. All right. So what did I play this week? I played some more. Big surprise here. Prep for it. 
control yourselves. Hope everyone's sitting down. I played more Battlefield 1. Um, I actually played the campaign, uh, played a few more missions on it. Um, it is better now that the machine, my now that I got the game moved over to the hard drive. Uh, so that's better. Uh, game's running better. I've enjoyed uh, the other missions a little bit better. Um, I hate the way they've got the um, plane. Like, you control the plane is so ridiculous, I think. It's like you... You got your power up with the left stick, like your your, your throttle at the left stick, and your 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 um, uh, control, you know, up down with the right stick, and it's so bizarre, um, and it's weird. One time, twice actually, I like bounced off the ground, and like I should have flown into the ground, and it actually just kind of like my plane goes boink, and it just kind of it just this bounce, and all of a sudden I'm I'm like, and I'm like, okay, and I just took right back off. Uh, sometimes it'll crash it. Sometimes it'll just bounce you off the ground, and you keep to keep flying. Yeah, you're not going That's... that fast. <laughs> but still, still. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. I. It's it's definitely glitched. <laughs> it's not. It's weird. Um, but um, it, I just don't like that. But I thought the mission was kind of neat um, and interesting. That was a really fun mission, actually. Uh, overall. Um, and then I did one, what was the other one I did where you were like the Italian guy with that full suit of armor on. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> so like, you're just walking, people are just shooting you just like, you know, you're just unloading on them and it's like, you can't die. It's, it was kind of cool, but, um, I think you can still die, but, um, you can take a tremendous amount of damage. So that was kind of fun just in that factor, but, um, I'm going to complete the campaign there. I think the little stories are interesting. Um, I still did not like the first one at all with the tank, um, but I think the others were laid out a little bit better than I've played so far. Um, haven't done any of the multiplayer um, other than I think the first time I played with you, Bron. I think that was with you. Um, that was when it first came out. But So I did do that. I've also um, played a lot of Titanfall 2. Um, I just can't get enough of this game. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, it's it's just so much fun. Um, it's a blast. And I actually did play some Call of Duty. Um, I know, Rob, this is not your podcast. Or, I mean, this is not your video game, but um, it's not bad. Um, but I did hit a part where, like, you just die. It's like, I don't know what's going on. You're I'm progressing through the level, and we're supposed to... You open up this like big gate, and you've got this robot thing with you, and you go out into this open field, and it's just like you're dead. It's like I don't even see anybody, and my you know I know there's people off in the distance, and they're shooting, and it's like my guy just dies. It's like, and, and I did it a couple times. It's like okay, well I must be missing something, and I just can't progress. I just turned it off. It's like ah, I haven't, and I haven't gone back to it. So I don't know if I will. I, I will see. Um, there's uh, Watch Dogs 2 coming out this week, and I'm really looking forward to that. So um, I'm going to be all over that this week. My vacation starts this week. i got to work tomorrow, and then I'm on vacation for two weeks. So it's good timing. I'll be able to play some Watch Dogs tomorrow night. And, uh, but that's, that's what I played this week. Cool. Yeah, um, I played more Battlefield 1. I finished off the tank mission. I did the airplane mission. I have not moved past that. The tank one was, I mean, it was cool, but it was long. I I liked when I jumped into the airplane one and it was like, oh, I'm done already. 
you know, it was like a quick, a quick thing. But yes, the airplane was rough to control because I'm so used to like wanting to turn and dive real sharp and stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't really do that in this plane and and stuff like that. But yeah, I I, I liked it because, like I said, it was it was a shorter little series there. So yeah, um. You know, I did like, I guess in the tank mission, I liked the sniper part because I liked the sneaking around and stuff. But there toward the end where it's just like, hey, here's seven tanks coming at you. You know, I died once and I was like, ugh, I you know, can't, don't know if I want to put up with this again. But I stuck it out and and, and did that. So Carbide says TF2 all the way, all in caps. And Mubot says, uh-uh, Carbide. <laughs> <laughs> excessive, no yelling allowed. Excessive caps allowed. No allowed. Um, no caps for you. Yeah, uh, I have not. I didn't play any um, multiplayer either wing. So we can get together and do that. Uh, I like playing with people, uh, not by myself as much. Um, I did not get to Titanfall two this week, which is sad because um, I'm really having a lot of fun of it with it. And uh, but I did install and played uh, Heroes of the like couple rounds of heroes of the storm just to have some fun so just to sit back and relax a little bit and not have to really worry about much so but yeah that's all i did basically all right um so we can move on here and let's look at what is next oh patreon.com so if you go to this xboxlife.com slash patreon or patreon.com slash this Xbox life. You can become a patron of the show. It's a monthly subscription or monthly service. Uh, hey, Sober Dave, thank you for uh, hosting the show. Appreciate it. Um, and, you know, that's more of a monthly subscription to do that. Uh, if you don't want to do, like, a monthly thing, then you can obviously just, you know, send it a small donation if you like, um, and that is to thisxboxlife.com slash donate. Um, all the information is also down below in our stream uh, if you are watching us now and want an easy way to get to it. So, But uh, nothing is expected and everything's appreciated. We greatly appreciate all the help. All right. So, real, real slow week. I know we have a couple things that are, you know, mainly, you know, all Xbox related, of course. Um but seem to be the only things out there to talk about. The first one I put in um, is about uh, Microsoft will be celebrating on Tuesday, I believe it is, Halo's 15th anniversary. I'm a Halo fan, um, even though I don't play the multiplayer too much, but I do like the lore and the story, and I read the books and whatnot. Um, but 15th anniversary this week. Uh, so that is for Halo Combat Evolved. Uh the 343 will be holding a live stream event and more uh, coming Tuesday, the 15th. And let's see, Halo Combat Evolved came out on in 2001. The live stream, get this guys, will begin at 3.43 p.m. Pacific time. So 343 will start at 3.43. Let's hopefully see if they can do that. Um, during the show, they'll have a special walkthrough of the Halo Museum. They'll talk to... Uh, We'll talk to the talk Halo Wars 2, which is what I'm kind of interested in. 
and you'll hear some of the the community like the team's fondest halo memories and and whatnot so pretty cool event i don't know if they're going to be doing giveaways or anything like that um but i mean you don't really have to get a giveaway to watch something cool like that. It's 15 years i mean it's something really special i think and and halo is definitely an xbox franchise that most of us if not all of us know about Alright. Um, anybody want to do the new backwards titles? Rob does. Rob, you want to do the new backwards it would, titles? It would be a pleasure. Okay, go for it. <laughs> you keep up on those, right? So. <laughs> kind of, sort of. So, um, we just recently celebrated the one-year anniversary of the backwards compatibility program. So, it launched a year ago with 100 titles. Mm-hmm. And right now, Microsoft has added over 170 titles in the past year. I think that's actually pretty darn impressive. So right now, um, there's over 280 Xbox 360 games that you can play on the Xbox One. And I will read them all off very slowly right now. (laughs) No, no, I won't. No. Okay. There's nothing uh, else to talk about tonight. Might as well, yeah, right? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's <laughs> do it. So um, they also, I guess, just released six titles uh, just recently. And um, there's kind of a, a little surprise with a couple of these because I know some of them are, uh, are titles that people really enjoy. So uh, first off, um, let's see, where is this list over here? Um, yeah, so they just added uh, Scary Girl. I don't remember this title at all. It's an Xbox XB or XBLA game. So uh, there's Scary Girl, Skate 3, and Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3, Guardian Heroes, and Operation Flashpoint Red River. So those were all uh, just released. Now, it's the thing that's kind of surprising, at least it was for me, was that Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3, and Operation Flashpoint are all disc only. Have they done this before with any other titles? Do you guys remember that? Not disc only. I mean, well, you need to have the disc regardless, though. Yeah. Unless you have the digital version of it. I mean, is it... Maybe that there is no digital version of these because isn't two and three aren't they multi disc? Yeah, and then that's that one something to do with it. Yeah, that's one thing. Uh, the listener or you were in the uh, in our chat right now. Sober David said he's glad that they're doing multiple disc RPGs now and back combat because you don't have to just swap the discs for those games either. So you may have to you have to have the disc, but you probably don't have to to switch it. And and then and I was asking, I was asking in chat, and actually he just replied to it. Is I remember trying Mass Effect One, and I could not load up my save in Mass Effect One because it's like, hey, sorry, your save uh, contains the DLC, and you couldn't download the DLC. So I think now you can do the DLC as well, which would be good. But did you say Mass Effect Two and Three are now backwards compatible? Yes. <gasps> I can finish Mass Effect Three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go pop that in right after this show and not play it. <laughs> you got to play it, man. Oh, no, I want to I want to beat it. I, I'm definitely going to have it done before 
the new one's out. So Ramada. Yeah. So that you're gonna have a very expensive disc holder then. Yes. Yep. Instead of the case. Yep. So. So yeah, uh, that was it uh, for the uh, six titles that they released. So that's pretty impressive. Three hundred yep. or two hundred eighty games. Yeah, the, I mean, I think, I think it's great. I mean, I was just hearing, you know, listening to a couple other shows, and they were talking about, you know, our backwards compatibility and 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 stuff like that. So, oh, really? <laughs> Couldn't have a better username than that. <laughs> well, let me guess what's coming. <laughs> oh, so. Uh, Thank you. Oh. Yep. <laughs> I'll have to find out if that's legit or not and rip it out of here if it's not. <laughs> I mean, do they really want one? I mean, you know. I mean, Thank uh, you. I mean, maybe we should be maybe we should take that as wow, as a compliment. <laughs> so, for anybody who's listening, uh we had a, a Twitch user of Can You Send Nudes just follow the show. So, thanks for your follow and we'll uh find out if you're Probably get right on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, check. That's for you, Rob. (laughs) Yes, check your. I just want to add that this is not my podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Hey, hey, uh, uh, I don't know. Would a nude Rob make this podcast great again? I don't know. (laughs) It just might. Yeah. Uh, Check your DM. uh, Can you send? Uh, Yeah, check your DM. Can you send? I I just sent you one. So that's not your magnifying glass. Um, all right. So <laughs> where were we before that? I heard the noise and I checked. I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh. Uh, Rob, Rob was right. He was done with the, we're yeah. going on to the next story. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. So next up, we finally had the, the winter Xbox update release. And uh, what was, so I'm part of the preview program, which is now the, insiders program notice uh, an odd thing about that is that so for windows you have the insider program for office you have the insider program and this is the insiders program is there any significance i don't know anyway so they announced, hey, the update is out. And I, I saw the announcement, and I'm like, hey, what's in it? What's in it? And it's like, oh, it's all the stuff that I've had for the past couple of weeks. So it was <laughs> anticlimactic a little bit. But um, they rolled out a whole bunch of new features, uh, including clubs. Um, where's that list? So they got clubs uh, looking for... Um, Group is another feature, a couple other um, little additions as well. We do have a This Xbox Life Club out there, so if you'd like, uh, come on, join in, and uh, you'll get a, you have to ask to be part of the group. We'll add you uh, pretty darn quick, at least as uh, I add people as soon as I see the requests. And we've got almost 100. Um, we have 102 100, members right now. 102, excellent. Yep. And, and for some reason, 104 followers. So we got people following, but not joined. Yeah. So, so join or follow, whichever uh, works for you. And uh, it's uh, we'll see where they take this feature. Looks uh, looks to be interesting. 
And um, yeah, I think that's the majority of the stuff, isn't it? I know they did some updates to the Xbox One Windows 10 app. There's a new achievement sound, right? Yeah, there's like yeah. the uh, like rare achievements or something like that. Yeah. I think and they did also a couple does... updates to the Xbox Store, didn't they? Went out a couple things there. So. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for it because I really want that to roll out because one thing is, like I said, I'm going to try to go through there um, to find people to play with so I can narrow down my friends list because it gets it's actually getting really difficult to... To, to go through my list now. I mean, it's, it, you know, I've already had some complaints, and actually, I went and did what everybody was recommending and pow- pulling the power cord so I could reset my Xbox and, and get some speed back, which it did. And I, I did notice a little bit of a difference, but anytime I shift over to friends, it's just yeah. like, it, I mean, it's just clink, click, 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 and I have to hit a button and just wait and wait and wait. And I'm curious if knocking off people off the friends list might might do that so um it's just it's really weird you know because it's just like if i play with somebody a lot I, I put them up in my favorites just so i don't have to scroll down through there um but then what it turns out to be is like well then i got 50 favorites <laughs> so uh it would be nice to 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 do that so but uh if um so somebody was saying they would join if they could is is it when's it coming out it's already out okay it's out now okay it is out it's yeah it rolled out last week i've got it on my xbox one s okay um i'm sure if i booted up my xbox one in another room it would uh, do the update so if yeah. you don't have it when this is what was weird so mine my box is set to do all the updates in the background but it did not update this so when I saw the story, I actually went into my settings and went to system, and you can look at the update, and it said update was ready. Hmm. So you might have to kick it off manually. Yeah. And get it automatically. Or you wait like a day or two, then it does it on its own. Okay. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. And just an FYI, Mass Effect games are free with EA Access now. Yeah. Oh, so really? If you didn't buy them and you have EA Access, they are in the vault. I think it was just Mass Effect 2 and 3. Oh, that's cool. Then I won't need the disc at all. Correct. So. You just need to pay 25 bucks for EA Access. Well, I have EA Access. So. Yeah. Are you going to continue yours? Uh, it depends how much I get, use I get out of it. Mm. So, it depends. I canceled mine. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I let mine I've, lapse. The, the funny thing is, is like, I, I, for, so this year I bought, um, um, I bought Battlefield I 1. All, I guess all three are there. Sorry, all three Mass Effects okay. are there. Oh, cool. Yeah, I bought Battlefield 1, and, uh, well, I did Titanfall, um, even though I didn't get the discount there, which is kind of like the point that aggravated most of us. Um, but, I mean, if I go and get a couple other EA games for that my year gets gives up, then it's basically I've got my money in discounts. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. So... But and it also help, prevents me from needing to go buy all the new NHL games and stuff like that. They eventually show up. So, but uh, cool. Yep. So yeah, it looks like somebody uh, had the same thing that you said, Wing, for the update. 
so they're updating now. And uh, just put in a request for the uh, club, and we'll uh, get out there and and invite you. The one thing about the club I did like is we get notifications, which is cool. When I first signed in, it gets gives me a notica- notification letting me know that there's requests out in the club. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, it's yes. annoying. It's annoying. <laughs> well, it kicks off all the time. Why? Why is it set up? I was trying to figure. Go in there and look. Can't you just let let people in? I don't mm, know. I don't remember. It's been I, I so long since I set it up. To do that. Yeah, I, I know. An option, why, well, it's an open group. We don't need to approve it. It's an. It's open like they have to request an invite. Then we've got to actually. And it's like then you go back and you send them an invite, and then they can join. It's just, it's yeah. really a stupid system. Yeah, I think the, I think just the, say, join this club, boom, you're in. I think the openness is that it's openness, open to be searched or something like that. Yeah, it's it's something along the lines of like everybody can see it, but only members can post content. I remember right, it's something like that. Right. And I guess it's for clans, so they they probably didn't think initially like someone like us would want just an open group that any anybody and their brother could join if they wanted. It, they probably wanted it more controlled, but you'd think they could just say. How do I want my club to be open to everybody, or just you know they have to be invited? Because we shouldn't have to do invites on here. I get I get why we got to close it on Facebook, but through the Xbox, you would think that we should, we'd be okay to have it open. Right. It's all right. I I can I do it through the app. You can you can do it through the Xbox app. So when I'm at work and it it actually pops up on my machine i got a windows 10 little notification oh you know someone wants to join the group so then i just go over and prove it <laughs> yeah, I, I i've been doing it all in the xbox app on the pc it's so much quicker right that's what i'm talking about yeah, on the PC. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. All, all right, right. Well, good stuff uh pretty short like i said the news week's been pretty slow and really nothing there um so let's head into the community. So uh, at the Wait, end... Oh, you got another story here. Oh, sorry. Did I miss something? Yes, I'll I did. Okay. That one or, okay. Yeah, uh, lastly, this was kind of interesting. So uh, Xbox Scorpio is about a year away approximately because it's slated to be out uh, next holiday season. And um, Phil Spencer has touted it as being uh, basically, what, the end-all, be-all... Just an amazing system. Uh, it will be the most powerful console ever created. And uh, 4K gaming without compromise is, is another thing that we've been hearing a little bit. And what was interesting about this is that uh, one of the uh, lead programmers or the lead programmers for the game Doom made a comment about that basically saying that 4K gaming on the Xbox Scorpio is a waste of resources. And that's kind of interesting because, like, personally, I hadn't really thought about this before because, you know, you figure 4K, bigger, better, faster, you know, everything. It trumps 1080p or Ah. whatever the... (laughs) eh, Then it must be great. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So... um, it, uh, you know, it, it, in every way is possibly better, you know, at least if it's smooth and such. And 
um, what this guy said was basically on TVs and consoles where players sit at a distance, 4K is a waste of resources. And he continues uh, on to basically say that uh, you're better off focusing on higher fidelity gaming in 1080p. And in some ways, that makes sense because I think there's going to be a larger part of the market that's going to have 1080 displays. Because, like, all of us have 1080 displays. I don't think any one of us has 4K, do we? No, I do not. Not yeah. yet. So, what's more of a benefit to us, like the average everyday gamer, to have a better 1080p experience? Granted, if they have 4K, you know, all the better, I guess. But if they can do stuff to use those six teraflops of computing power to improve every other game, you know, basically maybe having more textures, more stuff everywhere, you know, better backgrounds, you know, foliage, water, clouds, all that stuff, you know, that increases the ambience. And that might actually be better for the average person than having this crazy 4K detail. What do you guys think? I mean... To me, though, I think the 4K stuff that they're still going to have to do all that. What it is, is like, oh, you have a 4K TV, then you can turn on the 4K graphics. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's essentially what it's going to be. So they can go and do all that if they want, and they can make anything that they want it to be. They also are going to have to have, you know, if they want, they can put in the 4K graphics thing. So a waste of power... It's only a waste of power if they don't use it. Or you right. know, a waste of resources if they don't use it. I'm I'm sorry, you're a programmer. It's how's it a waste of resources? You you can't find something to use them or I mean I'm sorry you're making an 8-bit, you know, platforming game and you're not going to utilize all the resources for it. Yeah. <laughs> I just I mean it's it's yeah. just silly to me. It's um, you know, whoever's saying that is you know, sitting on Sony's board of directors saying, "Oh well, 4K, you know, there's a Scorpio is just a waste of resources because we can't do that." Um, exactly. Well, I mean, and I know, I'm I'm being or, okay. I'm throwing out conspiracy theory, and that's probably sure, really sure. not what it is. I I know I'm joking around. Uh, so yeah. People don't jump down my throat right now, but <laughs> no, I, I you're a dev. I've never heard very very many developers saying, "Ah, oh, man, just." Having that quad it's too much. Just having that dual quad core processor and thirty two gigs of RAM for my server, it's just a waste of resources. I, I would never No, <laughs> they don't say that. <laughs> it's just like forty K. Yeah, it's like no, it's Who like, needs that much. <laughs> no, it's more like, oh, I can throw three thousand websites on that web server now instead of just you know, mm-hmm. instead of just five. And so yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting talk. It, I'd be curious on what they what what they say when you know it comes out. So, is with something like the Scorpio, are are there like early dev versions out there that uh, 
<laughs> developers already have and they're working with? Do you want a joking answer or a truthful answer? Because it's kind of both. Yes, there is. It's called a PC. Um, yeah. I mean, essentially, yes. There, if you want to see what the Scorpio is, then you just look at it. It's at a, at a decent high-end machine, too. I mean, you're looking at like a 980, what, a 980 Ti or something like that is the equivalent uh, to what the Scorpio is going to have in it. So I think so. That's six teraflops. Is that graphics, or is it like everything combined? I think. Well, I'm not. A, I'm not actually sure how that stuff's all broken down. But yeah. I mean, if you're running well, an i7, an i7 67k, and you have like 16 to 32 gigs of RAM in your machine, and you're running a 980 Ti, you essentially have a monster machine. You know, monster computer that can run any game, and most likely can run it in 4k at that point um i believe that's true what i'm saying i don't think you need like a titan x level or anything like that but um but that's kind of where where you're what you're looking at if people want to get an idea of it and have a 4k i mean the big thing is still having that 4k display yeah you know where where i think that's where that article goes is like well not unless everybody has 4k displays and this and that you're it's really you know a waste of resources but they can find a way to use those resources i can guarantee that cool all right and yeah all the developers probably have dev kits for those scorpio same thing like xbox one i mean people had xbox ones and ps4s way Earlier than when they came out. All right. Okay. Well, now community time. Now community time. Now community time. So, uh, well, before we dive in there, so um, Andrew and Richard, uh, the friends from Australia, we had on a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think I mentioned this last week. They went to PAX in Australia. Is that correct? It was PAX, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and they went in and went to a couple things. And they recorded a nice 20-minute, I think it was around 20 to 22-minute uh, audio of their, uh, you know, what they went through and their thoughts and stuff on it. We are going to tack that on to the end of the show um, since we have, we're have pr- pretty much having a short show this week. Um, so that'll be on the end of the MP3. Yes. Right. Yep. Not on YouTube or anywhere else. Right. So it won't be in this. It will be only an MP on the MP3, like uh, Rob said. He's going to tack it on to the end there. Yeah. So people can hear it either on our website or they can download it uh, through from, iTunes, uh, stuff. iTunes or wherever. But then again, I guess you have to have already done that to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. So I want to put that in there. That's, you know, first thing I wanted to mention on my community kind of as a general announcement that there's uh that is tacked on to the end there. Um, and then if anybody wants to write any questions or comments about that audio, you know, feel free to do that. Um, send in voicemails. And the way you do that is go to this click on send voicemail, follow the prompts and we'll get your audio. Uh, or you can email us in two different ways. You can click on contact, fill out the form and that sends it to us. Or you can go to contact, or sorry, email directly, 
contact um, at this xboxlife.com. So, and uh, thank you for the follow, Trump Donald 2016. So, uh, another another follower for making podcasts great again. Wing is laughing, and I almost want to ask. <laughs> I almost want to ask. Did you create? a twitch account Dude, no i would that. never do that hey trump is listening what what do you want to, you know hey we're we're hey he's a tech guy yeah so he's all in the interwebs he knows all about us what can i say yeah president-elect trump just uh just followed the show so um <laughs> you hit the big time yeah um now if, now if he'd only donate <laughs> yeah oh wouldn't that be the thing that's uh this xboxlife.com slash donate <laughs> Um, so yeah, contact at this xboxlife.com is the way to email us directly. And, uh, we read your emails on the show. Uh, no voicemails this week. Um, but we do have, let's see, it looks like two, two, yes, two emails. So won't you hit the emails? All right. First up is from, uh, Danny Ray jr. Uh, hi TXL. You don't know me, although I hope I can become part of the community and you can get to know me. I recently found your show a few months ago and I started at episode one and now I am up to the 200s. Hmm. I hope to catch up soon, but I have a long way to go, but I get to listen at work. So that helps me get through a lot. I have very limited home internet, only 10 gigs a month to use, and that is sharing it with my wife, but it's almost impossible for me to get some updates and download betas like the 19 gig call of duty infinite warfare one so most of the time i play offline because it uses no data Uh, but there are a few problems with that or things that i hate one being that i cannot see any data in my game hub Uh, example time played achievements and and so on and that I hate because one of my favorite things about the Xbox One is how I can see time played versus my friends. And since I have such limited internet, I cannot download any DLC, well, of any significance. But when I first got my Xbox One close to launch, I lived with my mom, which had unlimited internet. I could download all my DLC and updates and even watch videos. I miss having unlimited internet. But hopefully one day in the next year or two, I will get it in my area. But to my but my question to you guys is that the um, uh, think that the Xbox Scorpio will have most of the features like achievements and game hubs, uh, time played, stats, uh, and uh, are they going to be able to be used offline? Because I would love an update. That would either add it to the current Xbox One, as long as the update is under eight gigs or so, or I have it uh, have it in the new Scorpio when it launches. P- please feel free to add me on Xbox Live. Although right now my limited internet, I really can't play online nearly as much as I would like. And as I am so limited, I let my gold expire. Yes, it hurts me to say that, but I could get it back anytime. If I get some awesome TXL community members to talk to in parties and uh, hopefully play some games with. But do you guys think, uh, what do you guys think? Should I renew my gold? I know I get 
free games, but I cannot download any of them until I get better internet. And I don't know when that'll be. But would it be worth it uh, to get it now, even with limited play? Like I said, I would love to be part of the community and have a lot of you guys as friends. But uh, thanks for taking the time to read this. Uh, I love the show and how family-friendly it is. I will send a voicemail soon asking you guys uh, that more. Thank you again for the hours and hours of enjoyment. Talk to you all later. Danny. I I don't know if they'll ever put that in where it's local only. But it does sound like something that would be very cool to have. Um, I'm trying to think, like, this is the programmer, and I'm, like, going through in my head, like, what I would do. But it's almost like the Xbox would have to track the information and then report it back to Xbox Live. But I think the way it works now is is like it's only communicating when it's connected to Xbox Live, so I don't think it actually re- stores it up or not. Um, one thing yeah, I, I could think... go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was going. Uh, do you know if it does or not? Can, let me ask that before I. I don't think it does, and um, I think I think it's best that it doesn't because I remember, and I don't know if they resolved this on the PlayStation, but. There was times where, like, you, if you looked online for, like, when you earned a trophy, right. it never pushed it online. You actually had to go in and say, update my, my whatever they call it, like, my gamer card or whatever. So you had to basically manually go in and say, push my stats to the cloud. Um, otherwise, they never, like, were uploaded. So these were these are all stored in the cloud, Um I get what he's saying, mm-hmm. but I think with, you know, just everything's going to the cloud. I, I don't think they're going to do anything where this would be, um, you'd have it in two different places. Because then I think you just kind of run into the, the the issue of corrupting of the data. Or, you know, I see that sometimes with Windows games where it's like, if I play, a, if I play something on my Surface, mm-hmm. and then I come back home after travel, then I go and launch that game on my PC... And it says, oh, which save file do you want to use? The one on the cloud or the one on the local? You know, it, it's, you know, it it's, does both, and they could probably do that with this thing. But I think it just adds a bit of complexity that, you know, and then again, are you going to want to manually have to push those up anyways? Um, so I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't expect to see this, um, but you never know. Yeah, and the, and the one thing I was going to say is... Go to um, xbox.uservoice.com. That is the I was place. Say the same thing. That is the place where Xbox allows their community to put out requests and things like that. I have one out there um, right now, and there for a while, I think it was all the way up to like the third page. Um, it had over a hundred likes or something on top of it. Um, and all mine was was asking for on the Xbox app for your PC to be able to select your input and output for your audio devices. You know, I have this huge setup, and I can't use party chat on there because all of a sudden everybody starts echoing and everything like that because of the awkward way I have to have my thing. But go on there and and put that. Say like, hey, you know, and even Gunny Gunny Chief here says he would like something like that as well. But 
make it more offline friendly, put a nice detail in there, and then send us the link of uh, where it is, and I'll upvote it for you. You know, it's 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 something out there, and, and you're if you you're not the only one that wants it. So go out there and 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 put it out there, and and let us know where it's at, and we'll pass it along, and then you know, Gunny Chief can go out there and and upvote it as well. So but I, I'm looking there now. There's one for bring back offline achievements. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to see if there's something similar to having that the what do you call it the your time and stuff all tracked when you're offline i'm looking right now so i'll keep scrolling through this list of what's out there and if i see anything i'll let you know okay i'm trying to see where mine where mine's at seeing if it's still up i'll have to go out and see where if I'm anywhere, because I had over 90 votes, and yeah, I'll see where my there's at. there's stuff like adding the total hours played on the game card, and there's a category that's specifically profile achievements in game hubs mm-hmm. uh, that you can. That's probably where you'd want to throw this, right? Yeah, so there's a there's a good idea for you. And uh, I'm going to have to go out and try to find mine now, see where it's at, because it looks like 90 votes is page two now. So. But. Very cool. Alright. Um, oh, the other thing I was going to ask, I know he's saying his, his internet. I'm curious at where you're located at in the, on the planet. <laughs> if you're here in the U.S. To me, I don't... It sounds like you're probably not in the U.S., because I was just like, how, how much is it for us to burn? Like, I'll burn 200 episodes on a DVD for you and send it to you <laughs> to say, have you save internet, you know, so you're not in trouble. Because we have every episode we have ever put up on our FTP, so um, I could pull those down for you and burn them and send them to you. Just let me know about whereabouts where you're at, and I'll see how much it is to send a DVD over there. And you can pop it in and not have to worry about downloading the rest of the shows. So. Alright. Yeah, in, re- in regards to the question about Xbox Live. Yeah. There is one benefit to it, and you know, depending on how much you pay for Live, because sometimes you can find it as low as, like one year, I think I bought it for $30. Um, you can, if you catch it at the right time, you can usually find it for 40 ish for the year but uh the thing that's phenomenal about it at least you know even if you don't play online and such is you get the free games so all you have to do is to have actually you have to be live enabled and then you just go to the store you go to the market and then you just sort of like buy them or you claim them however you want to look at it and then they're yours so you get 48 games a year, effectively. So two a month for the Xbox One, two a month for the 360. Those are all backwards compatible. So on an Xbox One, you get 48 games. That's a fantastic value. I mean, that's less than a dollar a game. So if you can find our 40 bucks, it's worth it just for that. You don't have to download the games. You don't actually even have to play them, but at least you can claim them. And... uh 
Uh, that's just a phenomenal value in it in itself. Right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, and then uh, the next email that we got was from uh, for right now seventy six, and uh, for right now writes in. Good morning, team. I'm a new listener to your podcast, and I absolutely love the show. I listen to your show every week at work via Google Music, and I've been listening to your show for the past month. I even went back and listened to your past episodes. Good job, and keep up the good work. I want to add one more word of caution regarding the instant-on power-off feature after listening to episode 410. I'd recommend not using the instant-on feature if your users have capped data limits. The intentions were good by Microsoft, but the data usage is incredibly and unnecessarily high. I have two Xbox Ones, and they were using easily one terabyte total a month in data for what I call below-average usage when compared to my summer months when I was a cable cutter where I used Netflix, Hulu Plus, and YouTube exclusively for my entertainment. After getting killed on overage charges of $60 plus for multiple months and reviewing my data usage, it seems like the skyrocket in usage occurred after the August 2016 uh, Xbox One update. I turned off the instant on feature and my usage is basically 300 gig a month per Xbox one still higher than my original 300 gig allowance. I wanted to let your community know about this and they can easily confirm what I'm saying by merely uh, checking the data history on their Xbox one. I have since upgraded to a package that gives me two terabytes a month. Once again, keep up the good work. You know, uh, that brings up some good points, and it's, uh, like, one thing that I've noticed is, like, sometimes you'll turn your Xbox on, and then you just see a whole slew of updates, like game updates. So right. if you have a huge library of games, that's probably yeah. what's killing everybody. I had that happen uh, the other day. I went in, and if you go into... Uh, my apps and games. Ready? Yeah, my apps and games, and then what is it, the... Uh, Updates. installing or the update section yeah it'll show you like the last five things that updated and the other day it was like all old games like stuff yeah. i don't even mm-hmm. play and i'm downloading those and and you know like automatically so it, it, it is a nice feature however yeah if you've got a data cap and you've got a lot of games then you're probably downloading stuff that you don't even play anymore and some of these games have huge updates uh what was it the other day? It had like one and a half gig update. Um, Call, of Call of Duty. Duty or, yeah, it was Call of Duty. Was it them that had one and a half gig update just like the other night? Yeah. So, yeah, it's like that. if you're not playing, if you have it, but, you know, and obviously newer games, you're going to need them. But, you know, th- there was some stuff on there that was like, why did that get an update? This game's like six years old. You know, I, I, there were several up there that were old. And they just got an update. So I'm like, I don't know how big they were. I don't know what the updates are for. But, yeah, that's going to eat into your cap. So that's a great tip there. Good good email. (laughs) Yeah, they need to do something like in uh, the Windows 10 store where you can see what is uh, waiting to update, and then you can either choose to update it all or 
select individual ones, you know, at least give people the decision as to what they want to update instead of just cramming, you know, like a couple of gig down their internet uh, pipe in an afternoon. Okay. Yeah, my request is at 138 votes right now. So I'm on the third page of the apps for Windows Xbox app on Windows 10. So actually, just read the comments. People have been commenting recently saying, "Please do this. We need this. This would be a great idea." I'm like, "Hey, all right." Page <laughs> three. Yeah. Does Windows 10 Xbox app party sound input and output settings? I make that one. 37. Oh, take it off. <laughs> oh, did I? I did go down 138. I guess I had voted for you before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. All right, you're back to 138. Oh, Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, did that just go down? I, I thought it was 138 when well, maybe it was 136. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for the emails. We we, we appreciate it. And yeah, that last one. Both of them really good this week. So, but, great. Um,. Twitter, let's see, thisxboxlife.com slash Twitter will take you to our Twitter account, which is this Xbox Life. Um, and uh, I I read all those. If you guys message, follow, things like that, I, I answer and, and tweet out here and there. Um, so there's that. Uh, Facebook. Oh, somebody has an invitation request. Um, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so... Uh, Facebook, uh, this Xbox life.com slash Facebook will take you to our Facebook group that we mentioned earlier. Um, and actually I was going to say, I couldn't remember if it's our Facebook group, uh, or another one that I'm a part of, but somebody was dishing out like, I think a free two months or three months of Xbox live. Um, and you know, they put it out there and just say, Hey, comment when it's gone. I was trying to locate it to find out if it was taken already. Um, for anybody who's in our Facebook group. Um, but go out there and check. And new releases. Okay, we got a couple of things this week. Xbox One has Assassin's Creed, the Itzio Collection, comes out on November 15th. Then also on the 15th, we have Watch Dogs 2. Yeah. And Star Wars Battlefront Ultimate Edition comes out on the 18th for the Xbox uh, 360. This week is... Uh, Game over. Nothing. Hmm. And uh, Games with Gold does a little switcheroo this week. The Escapists uh, is due to be pulled off of Games with Gold. So you have another, what, two days? Three days? Two days uh, to grab it as of this recording. And uh, it will be replaced by Murder, Murdered Soul Suspect. Which uh, is a pretty darn good game. It's a shame the studio went under like a week after it got released. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, the game lives on <laughs> in freeness this this month. And then uh, Super Dungeon Brothers was the title for um, for uh, November. So you still have a couple weeks to snag that one if you haven't gotten it already. Xbox 360 titles, uh, Monkey Island. A special edition or whatever SE is uh, going to be taken off on the 15th and it'll be replaced with Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. A lot of people love Far Cry 3, so um, I'm sure this is a, a good one there. And remember, 
backwards compatibility titles, which these games are, and the Xbox 360 are playable on your Xbox One, so make sure to grab these as well as the Xbox One titles if you have an Xbox One. And then, uh, once again, I do want to mention if you... Uh, are definitely enjoying the show, like uh, a couple of listeners that wrote into us this week, and you're kind of thinking like, hey, what can I do to kind of support the show, you know, to give them a hand? Then uh, one way that you can do it, especially now that the holidays are coming up, and if you're going to be buying some goodies for your loved ones, you can also support the show as well if you make all your purchases through Amazon, or actually if you make any purchases through Amazon, please use our affiliate link. You can find that on this xboxlife.com. Click on the big Amazon logo over there. Do that each and every time you make your purchases on Amazon. We get a teeny tiny little finder's fee for sending you their way. It does not cost you anything extra. Uh, just, I guess, uh, costs you a click. That's it. It doesn't yep. cost you anything extra to make your purchases, and it helps the show out a lot. Then also... If you're an iTunes user, if you're in uh, the Apple world over there, uh, if you use iTunes, period, uh, find the show, give us a five-star rating on there. The more five-star ratings that we get, uh, the more prominent we are on the iTunes store and more folks can find out about the show and enjoy it and hopefully write us nice letters like the guys did today. So uh, if you could do that, that would really help us out a lot. And... Um, I think here in a little bit we're going to have our uh, report from PAX Australia, right? So please uh, make sure to stay tuned and don't uh, turn off your playback device or whatever until you finish hearing that as well, right? Yep. Yep. They'll be on after our uh, outro. So. Yeah, after we sign out. In, in, in the audio portion of the show. Yes. Yes. Yep. Not the Twitch portion. Which, yeah. right. <laughs> so. so if if you're listening on YouTube or Twitch or whatever, uh, either go to thisxboxlife.com. You can listen to it on our webpage over there or just grab it through your uh, podcast, netcast, whatever you want to call it. And I just noticed I didn't change the background to uh, Watch Dogs 2. It's still uh, dishonored from last yeah. week. Failed, failed. Failure. I did not it's make this background. podcast great again. Maybe maybe next week. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But all right. That's all I got. You guys good? Good. All right. Well with that everybody, thank you for coming out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Watching. Uh we will watching. be yeah, watching. Uh we will be back next week. So I am Brun BJ Swick thirty three. And I'm Rob also known as Presar getting ready to watch uh, Walking Dead and I think that Rick is a zombie. And this is Mark, a.k.a. Wingman709, taking off to watch Westworld and The Walking Dead. Yes. I didn't mean to spoil it, alright, guys? <laughs> Again? <laughs> the Walking Dead, where I said what's his name's a zombie? It's Lee not my fault. A zombie. Yeah. Lee is a zombie. Alright. Alright, good night, guys. Good night. Welcome to this Sunbent Life letter from Australia. How you going, Dixie? And a special shout-out to Catflap1970. PAX!
G'day Tandy, Banjo's really coming along. Nice picking, joystick clicking. You know, I've never been to a convention before where we're waiting up um, to line up for the next convention as we're at PAX today, where one of the um, general staff comes up and thanks everyone for what good mood they were in today and how well behaved. There was a fantastic spirit there, wasn't there? And I'd say there must have been thousands of people there today, some in costume, and some of them just with their bellies out in jeans. Oh, um, I, I would say the only moment of consternation that I had there was when I saw six dinosaurs and a Jurassic Park animal handler moving them through the merchandise. Yeah, on a good day, that would be a barbecue. <laughs> we came to see what the future of gaming is and what the, what kind of time gaming is in. And I think it was best given to us when someone explained that virtual reality was given to us by the ghost of David Bowie. It was. It was explained to us that for everything that's bad that's happened to us this year, something good had to come, and virtual reality was it. So as far as the game developers and the hardware developers were concerned, the future of gaming, like it or not, is virtual reality followed up by augmented reality. That seems to be the consensus. What also was the consensus is that despite the 20, 30 years of work that's been put on VR, this is actually generation one of virtual reality as we have it. So the topic for today is the future of gaming. And we'll add the thoughts of Raymond Powell from VR Technology of HTC. And we'll contrast that to the opinions of Frank Azor, the co-founder of Alienware. We were very fortunate to talk to Raymond Powell um, for 10 minutes after the conference and um, also with the help of Wei Jingnang, product man manager of HTC VR ecosystem. We're very interested in how he defined a couple of terms such as the um, platform of gaming and also what, he's, what he decided the difference of augmented reality and a real usable enriched augmented reality experience. Before we do that, though, let's have a brief talk about the displays that we saw today. Richard, what were your thoughts of Nintendo's representation? It's always refreshing to get away from the, the mint green and the blue of Sony and to come into something which is a lot more a glossy white environment, which is kid-friendly. I think they had Mario and Luigi there. Did, did you get a cuddle? <laughs> I, I stepped away from the plunger. Um, however, everything there was, I hate to use the word, a bit dinky, mm, hokey. Yeah, um, I think they've taken the 16-bit, 32-bit um, gameplay as far as they can. It's, it's a bit sad when that is the prime game that's put up on, on the large screen there. I was really hoping to see something like Zelda Call of the Wild, not a sign of Zelda. No, and there was really no suggestion of the Switch either. So what was left, Mario, a few Mario Kart 8 stations and uh, 3DS display was on the larger screen for a time. Sony was perhaps the best represented console manufacturer there, Richard. I'd say with the largest number of players. Certainly, but not as a gaming platform itself. Apart from the Xbox area, there was an entire bay or two of um, PCs playing Forza Horizon 3. That's right. I'd say that the game that Sony seemed to be the most proud of was The Last Guardian. And having a look at it, it reminded me of the artwork that I remember as a kid seeing in the school library for Tintin and Asterix and Obelix, that type of artwork. 
That's what got your attention. The animal or beast that you look after is absolutely svelte. It's not like a sock puppet sack boy that you'd be looking at in the PlayStation 3. This was an extraordinarily responsive body that you had to lead through the environment itself. Yeah, and I found the background and some of the buildings really reminiscent of Tomb Raider. If only. But now, on to the future of gaming. So are we all ready? Have you got your pens? What is the future of gaming? Well, from PAX, the future of gaming is virtual reality, followed closely by augmented reality, with a large increase in the grunt required for your PCs or consoles to play them. Even the grunt required surprised the co-founder of Alienware himself on the panel. I think he did seem to be a little bit thrown by it. Virtual reality is a very controlled environment. A grid, basically with your X and Y, and let's say your gamma coordinates predetermined, and everything which you can interact with is also determined as well. But what happens, let's say, if you're in a real-life environment, and the person you're talking to suddenly moves from your left shoulder to your right? Well, how can you keep track of that? Well, augmented reality was... Um was explained to me by Raymond Powell from VR New Technology of HTC as something which is poorly displayed to us at the moment by Pokemon Go. Yeah, for Pokemon you could see that as really just being a template. It doesn't really augment, that is it doesn't increase or develop the knowledge that you have of an area. Now, a good application for augmented reality would be let's say a storeman working in a warehouse. If he was just to have a look at the stock that he had on the shelf, he'd be able to bring up information such as what is the lead time to order those goods, what's the gross margin that he has on sales, how many customers waiting, and who are his potential suppliers for it. At the moment, augmented reality really is just something that we're beginning to see. For example, if you go for a jog and you've got a Samsung telephone, it might give you a prompt to let you know, good work, you've done 15 minutes of walking and this is the calories that you've burnt. It doesn't really augment your understanding of reality. And an example that he gave me was, if I turn to look at someone and I expect to know how old somebody was by just an analysis of the person's face, I'm in an uncontrolled environment with dynamic lighting and this was really the linchpin under Raymond's argument about what would require more computational cycles, augmented reality versus virtual reality. At the other side of the argument was the co-founder of Alienware. But easing ourselves into virtual reality, we've mentioned that it was seen as first generation at present, but how would we know when virtual reality is a success rather than a flash in the pan? Well, at the moment, it's day one for virtual reality. It's only just begun. And according to the panel that we heard, they believe it takes, in the first five years, that you tend to overestimate what you can achieve with the technology. But then after 10 years, you actually overachieve on what that projection is. Well... If that's so, well, how many startups are, are building um, virtual reality products in China at the moment? We were given a number, weren't we? Yeah, apparently there's some 70 different manufacturers of virtual reality headsets in China at the moment. In production. Yeah. 
So it is going to be a great, a catastrophic failure of of hardware and also interface devices for virtual reality. You're right, and that's something that they discussed. Isn't it interesting how we lost all of the old forms of game controllers, the old Atari 2600, even the Nintendo 64 controller? And what we've got left is pretty much a de facto industry standard, clones of the Xbox 360 controller. Or the keyboard and mouse. You're quite right. Now, what surprised the panel was how much computational power will be needed. Yep, grunt, grunt, and more grunt. But isn't it interesting that when Titanfall came out, we were assured that most of the crunching, the computational jobs, would be outsourced and Microsoft would look after that for us. That's right, the power of the cloud, and that's why we're paying for a, a Microsoft Gold subscription, not because of, of games given each month. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Why can't we use essentially small little drone boxes, blind terminals essentially, and farm that computational power out? Why do we need to constantly increase the power of the console that we use? It doesn't seem to be the way that the panel were um, agreeing today. Everything was price point for the home consumer. And as a consumer, that's what we were seen as. In no way was it seen that we're going to take our PlayStation, our Xbox, our PC, and create content and create podcasts and, and be creators and researchers. Yeah, not only were we not going to be creators, we weren't going to be people sharing or collaborating with others. Essentially, we were going to be people who created a home studio that would be able to play in. Now, the outlook for virtual reality is for very expensive systems. So there will be the home products, but there will also be uh, potentially like the old arcades where you'd have a much better machine to play on at the arcade than you would have at home. And they were talking about things like warehouse environments where you'd have the room to run and jump and move and also be exposed to new sensory um, sensations as well. Event gaming or destination gaming wasn't where they saw the money being spent. They said, if you want that kind of stuff, that, that early versions that are already in um, Disneyland, places like that. So it really wasn't what they were focusing on. And the consensus was perhaps the big bulwark will be PlayStation VR. That will be the big driver. And there'll be two price points above that mid-level and high level being like three and a half, four thousand US dollars per home. The panel was very keen on frame rates. Everything was about frame rates now and less on the focus of resolution. They didn't disguise their antagonism towards the Xbox and, and the consoles. Well, correct, and the antipathy they held towards the slow trudge towards 30 frames per second to get what they call a prettier game with still shots for magazines at the expense of playability and the fun factor. Mm. And Frank Azor. Azor from Alienware is focusing now on OLED screens. So in November of this year, the United States and in February of next year for Australia, we'll see the introduction of the first notebook with an OLED screen. As a 13-inch notebook, that's correct. Now, he realizes how very expensive this technology is, and this release will be as an argument to invest, and he stressed this, billions, 
with a B for Bravo, billions of dollars needed to start production assemblies to create gaming notebooks with OLED screens. Now, this is what the new revolution will be for graphics. HDR. It won't HDR. It won't be so much the 4K. The 4K is not seen as a revolution so much as an evolution. The jump to 1080 was certainly seen by the panel as a revolution, and 4K is an evolution from there. But OLED, with the much larger gamut, that huge color palette that you'll get in it, that will be the new revolution according to Alienware, and that's what they're throwing the money into. In the past, color had been almost an afterthought for a person purchasing a TV or for purchasing a monitor. But this gamut has really opened up, and now buying a monitor, one is to look at two things, the refresh rate and then the color range. Whereas it always was before, the pixels, the response or refresh rate. Interestingly, OLED gives contrast where they say blacker than blacks, but in virtual reality, that's a completely unwanted thing. They always say in a dynamic playground, nobody will want that. Now, there was some argument about what is the highest definition that you have before. It cannot be noticed. And... 5K was pretty much what the consensus was. 4K is just about the point where you'll get no, no more returns if you're looking at a screen. Interestingly, um, for virtual reality, however, the virtual realities really gave a serve to the Alienware team. What was the resolution they were expecting? What was it, Richard? 40K. It's yeah, that, that is mind-blowing, isn't it? Well, you consider the flight simulators that are used by the Russian military have a 150 hertz refresh rate because that does away with feelings of vertigo and um, feelings of lag or frustration. And uh, I think we've got to look at it, refresh rates and things as not just things nice to have. I myself, I'm, I'm a recreational breakdancer, strange as it may sound, and a hip-hop friend of mine who spins discs as an MC said to me, Although you may not actually hear an audible difference between vinyl and digital, you will tire a lot more quickly with a digital signal, especially when there's slight audio spiking. And it's really the same thing with refresh rates in games. Every PC, Richard, is now seen as a gaming machine. In the past, you'd have to have a high-end computer to be able to play gaming, and it required a large investment. But nowadays, with specs trimmed down to the lowest level, pretty much everybody, even with a work computer, is able to become a gamer. And according to the panel, the Xbox and the PlayStation really are just a crappy computer. Well, it's not just everyone with a computer is a, can be a gamer. Everyone with a handheld device of any kind can be. But astonishingly enough, it's only the PCs and consoles that have got a community that actually give a, what would you call, a burn factor of a game which allows a game to actually spread on its own merit. Whereas when you look at mobile devices, the games are really crowded out by the few paramount developers. This reason I think Nintendo will do very well with the new mobile device. It is interesting. When you think about mobile games, you think about things, well, perhaps like Fruit Ninja, for example, and you might be able to name a few more. But after that, the market's very limited. The way that PC gaming has developed is it's developed very serious niche market games. 
So they're designed for the small group of people who are prepared to invest the amount of time into that. And with small mobile gaming, now that's just not the go. Well, with so that, with that in mind, Richard, what do you think about the new Nintendo Switch? We'll wait and see. It doesn't look like, from what Nintendo showed me today, that they're targeting me. Sorry. Well, let's finish off, Richard. The future of gaming. It'll be more process-intensive. We'll be expecting OLED screens, and we'll be expecting a less collaborative environment. That's true. Now, the argument that we were telling you about between Alienware and HTC, which of the new technologies augmented against VR would require a greater processing power? And both camps argued that their technology would. Um, HTC, who are actually high in VR and were actually happy to talk about augmented reality, actually said augmented reality would require more sensors and the more sensors would require more processing power. Whereas Alienware said, well, the virtual reality is a full experience that a person's expecting. It's not just a narrow field of view. Although it's fewer sensors, it would require um, more processing power. So Richard, with all of the manufacturers in China at the moment of headsets, is this a battle of just headsets or is it a battle about something far more? This is not a headset battle. This is a platform battle. Now, I did not know what that meant. I thought, do you mean a, a Windows store battle? Is that is that what we're talking about? You go through online Windows? Or... And in fact, it's the whole ecosystem that promotes the game which will be used. And in fact, it'll be up to the game developer to bring it across separate platforms to then go to separate headsets. But a platform is the marketing platform, and a marketing platform will find headset vendors to accommodate them. Apple has always been very jealous of their operating system and also of their store and who they allow onto the store and what products they allow. And the panel explained to us that it has taken 15 years for Microsoft to open up its Xbox platform across to the Windows environment. Well, I remember the troubles I had I'm working for North American Technology Company and writing an app to show all the conference details and rooms that we had for one of our tech conferences. The fact that we wanted to have it as a no-pay app that someone could download was incredibly difficult to get through on an Apple platform. So that's my experience with a battle of platforms. Never mind what technology or what worth you're bringing through. Richard, some 93 indie game designers were represented today at PAX Melbourne alone. It really shows when you're talking to an author or an artist just the time that they had for us and the enthusiasm they had. I, I fell in love with some of the games today. Yeah, I did too, and you could really see the light behind their eyes and the real passion into what they did. What a great event. Uh, finally, Andrew... How will we know when virtual reality is not a flash in the pan? Well, according to the panel, when virtual reality replaces our TV sets. Let's finish on a, a light note. What was the game that really impressed you the most? game which made me laugh out loud, although it was sold to me as a party game, is called Bramble Lash. So let's spell out Bramble, B-R-A-M-B-L-E. Lash, L-A-S-H. It's a laugh-out-loud game. 
very easy on the eyes. A lot of the games which are two-dimensional with a slight three-dimensional overlay to them have extraordinary contrast and a, a milky fluidity to them. Yeah, and this game was really just little sprites. And the game was basically yourself and a partner would form a team and round up enemies. As simple as that, but really delightful, fun game. Bramble Ash. It's going to be available on the Xbox One game shop very soon. Thanks for listening to us. Cheers from Down Under.